TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on. family that one sounded terrible to open up the week but that's what happens when you come from a holiday weekend it's 80 degrees outside even though it's four in the morning that's what happens you get a cracked voice to start out the show not a good omen the 408 from the comcast business text line has determined that a cracked voice in that opening is not a good omen for the show so really this is gonna go very poorly for the next hour here up until 6 a.m but good morning everyone Hope you did have a terrific holiday weekend. Hope you're staying cool, doing whatever you can to stay cool. Or if not, maybe you're getting a tan outside. I actually went to the pool yesterday. And good lord, could only stay out there for like a half hour before I started to get burnt. And luckily I wasn't out there for any longer, but it was 105 where I was at, so, you know, can't blame the weather. But good morning, everyone. And we got a lot to get to today. Um, I do want to start off with some Giants because I know the season is lost and, and, and I understand that, but it seems like the players know that. And there were a couple of things that were said over the weekend as they've won four straight, obviously winning against the Dodgers last night, snapping that eight game losing streak against the Dodgers, finally actually getting one with Logan Webb on the mound. Uh, we got plenty to get to with the Giants, but we also got plenty to get to with the 49ers as well, because We had some reports over the weekend. Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated saying that uh, uh, eventually, actually, he wrote that Trey Lance was a little bit annoyed when he found out that Jimmy Garoppolo was coming back to the 49ers. And then he retracted that statement out of the article. But Albert Breer did have something to say about Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Peter King gave his prediction for this season. We got a lot to parse through for the 49ers to come up here. Plus, my top five rookies heading into this season. I did this for the baseball season where I go through my top fives leading up to Friday before the actual game start. But my top five rookies, that's today, then tomorrow. You know, going to have a top five breakout players. And uh, the next day is going to be... Top five, don't be shocked if uh, moments that could happen this year. And then we'll actually get into some season predictions as well later on in the week. We will start talking a lot of football. But like I mentioned, the Giants getting their first win against the Dodgers, having lost the previous eight and newly acquired giant, Lewis Brinson, ends up hitting not only one, but two home runs in last night's win. Drives this one into center field. Bellinger back. It is out of here. And this game is tied. Obviously, Brinson's first home run of the year is first in a Giants uniform. 
Credit to NBC Sports Bay Area for that audio. Now they would, of course, go on to win 7-4. to four. Brinson would give them uh, some more insurance in the ninth inning with a solo shot of his own. And then the Giants would go on to beat the Dodgers. But it, was, it wasn't exactly the Brinson home runs that I want to focus on. I want to focus more on something that Rodon had to say over the weekend. But I do just want to play this. And this is something that's frustrating. Uh, because yesterday you had Logan Webb go out there, pitch six strong innings. Uh, it got a little hairy there in the fourth. But in the end, uh, he was able to overcome it. Strikes out Bellinger to end the fourth. You had a big play from the outfield, grabbing uh, Austin Barnes at home plate. I believe that was in the fifth inning, so you did have a little bit of defense behind him. But Logan Webb continually just gets uh, game after game where the defense isn't exactly behind him. But Logan Webb said something after the game, and and and, and I do want to get to that. But what Gabe Kapler said about Lewis Brinson afterwards... It's just, Brinson comes out, two home runs, all right, fantastic. Then Kapler was asked about Brinson, and there was something he said in the back half of this comment, which I think just frustrates all Giants fans. I think that generally happens when you feel accurate with the barrel, and you sort of, we've talked about this on various occasions, but you know where the sweet spot is. You get a home run foul, and it feels, you know, you connect with it and you don't feel anything, and that kind of gives you a sense of where that sweet spot is, and sometimes you're able to... Not that you're putting a perfect swing on on the ball every time, but you know where it is, and you're a little bit more accurate with the barrel. And I think that's what was happening for Brinson tonight. And look, we've talked about this. He's been good against lefties um, at first stretches in his major league career. He's having an excellent year in Triple A with the Astros against left-handers. So to the degree that we can put him in those positions, I think that's going to you know, make him better, and his confidence is growing as well. Do you hear that at the end? Do you hear that? So if anyone, you know, just in case you're wondering, all right, well, you know, man, Brinson's a former first-round pick. I don't know. He hasn't found his way. He's 29 years old. Maybe we can make him an everyday outfielder for this team. Then Kapler goes on to say, well, he's good against lefties. We've talked about this. He's been good against lefties um, at first stretches in his major league career. He's having an excellent year in Triple A with the Astros against left-handers. So to the degree that we can put him in those positions, I think that's going to you know, make him better, and his confidence is growing as well. Fantastic. So there we go. He's good against lefties, and that's what we get for Lewis Britson. He's good against lefties. All right, well, we get another platoon outfielder. Uh, but another guy who hit a home run yesterday was David VR. And David VR, Gabe Kapler said that he wants to see more of VR, even though in the majors he hasn't really lived up to what he, uh, the numbers that he's been putting up in the minors. And when he was asked about David VR, he says he wants to see more of him. But in yesterday's game, you end up taking him out for Mike Yastrzemski in the fourth inning just to give yourself some defensive stability. It's like, well, what's the point of that? <laughs> All right, so like you want to see more of them, yet you still take them out? That just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't really see the logic in that. The dude goes off and hits a home run. You know what you get, David? Here's your reward for hitting a home run. We're going to replace you with Mike Yastrzemski in the outfield. It's September. Who cares? Logan Webb. I'm I'm really trying to push through here because I don't want to spend too much time on the Giants. I want to get to some 49ers football, but... Logan Webb, after the game, said, quote, We're just trying to have fun. The energy in the dugout and in the clubhouse has been, I think, a lot better just because there's nothing really to lose now. It's just go out there and have fun. Find something that you can play for. I think everyone is really taking that to heart. Now that there's nothing to lose, now the locker room is finally loose. First off, they want, we're hearing from Carlos Rodon and Alex Wood before the All-Star break. Man, we need to find that energy. We need to find that fire. I don't know where that fire is. Carlos Rodon thought the All-Star break came at a terrible time because the Giants seemed to be on a roll, and he felt like it was going to stop them in their tracks. And you heard that from Logan Webb last week. And he wasn't trying to be too revealing, but he essentially said, like, hey, this team is too complacent. He was trying to find the right way to word it. But what he just said there to me, 
I think that's a lot more glaring and a lot, and it and it says a lot more than what he said last week because there was a, there, you know, he said, "Oh, we need to bring that fire." There's a little complacency within the locker room, and then you wonder, well, is it the manager that needs to be the one who's bringing that fire to the players? Is it the players? These guys are major leaguers; they shouldn't need a coach to tell them, "Hey, bring that energy every day." But then Logan Webb says, well, you know what? We've been a lot more loose now that there's really nothing to lose within this season. Now we're kind of out of it. We're playing with a little more. We're, we're playing just with a little more. How should I say this? More of a mentality of, well, who cares? As long as we go out there and have some fun, it doesn't matter. So which one is it for Kapler that he needs to bring? Does he need to create this type of atmosphere in the locker room that's loose throughout the season. You know, kind of have a play like you have nothing to lose mentality throughout. Does that make you a better team? It's not the type of team that's going to be playing with fire. I just, I don't know, I'm seeing all that. It's just all so mixed up. It's all mixed up. And everything that uh, everything that was said by these players yesterday, as well as Gabe Kapler, I think that just speaks to the frustration that Giants fans have shown. It's like, finally, you see a guy who hits a couple of home runs. Well, he's good against lefties. So, you know what? Maybe we'll platoon him next season. Maybe we'll platoon him. Uh, but I did want to play one clip from over the weekend. Because Carlos Rodon, we're wondering whether the Giants are going to pick up, the, uh, whether the Giants are actually going to sign him as a free agent. He was given a two-year deal, has a player option. You've heard about this over and over again. But the most likely outcome is he's not going to pick up that player option and that he's going to test the market. Well, Carlos Rodon now is starting to be given a line of Kevin Durant in 2019 type of questioning where the reporters are just wondering what he's going to do in the offseason. What, what when you test free agency, are, do you plan on coming back here? They're, they're kind of they're, they're creeping toward that. Instead of just asking him directly, they're asking him about everything else. So he commented on the taxes here in California. I mean, the tax thing, there's nothing that this, this organization, they can't control that. That's yeah. just how it is. I think that's something as us as players and as businessmen ourselves, like that's something you have to look into and, you know, know what you're getting into. And if is it worth, is it worth that, you know? But that's another thing, right? That's like such a minuscule thing, right? We're talking about taxes. Taxes are inevitable, like death and taxes, yeah, right? So. Only two things. Like, who cares? No, that's. So he was asked about that. Doesn't seem to be too phased by it. Then he was asked if he would recommend San Francisco to other free agents who are looking for a team. Pitching this to like a free agent, like I don't know. I mean, I would definitely. If someone asked me, if someone called me, like I'm going to tell them the truth. I'm telling the truth about the White Sox. I'm telling the truth about the Giants. I mean, yeah, like I organization wise, the, the Giants are like I said, first class. Like you're not going to get a better places as far as like how they treat their players and what they do for players' families. And yeah, I would definitely. Someone asked me about it. I told them the truth, and it only it, all, it would only be good things. I would say only good things. And then he was asked how the coaching staff treats him. They just dive into like the things, like little things that you can improve on. And we're talking like you know, whether it's first pitch strikes or like how do we make. It's kind of like the things. How do we make our pitchers more efficient? And like, I'm not gonna like dive into like their secret recipe for success because there's like not really a secret recipe to success. They just know how to break down each guy and like whether it's mechanical, whether it's you know, if you look at you know statistic stuff like what can they get better at pitch usage. They they just know how to break that down between Bales and JP. They know how to break that down and and then kind of tune it to who you are as a pitcher. And then just one more. He says that he was happy that he signed here. Yeah, I think the change of scenery was good. The Bay Area is just a nice area, a lot better than what I thought. You know, I didn't know what to expect out of California. The Giants organization is nothing but, I mean, everything. It, it's nothing below first class, let's put it that way. Um, they treat their players really well. So, yeah, I don't, I don't regret not coming here. Now, I don't think that he's going to say anything negative about the team. I don't think he's going to say, well, my time here has been terrible, blah, blah, blah. He's not going to be that straightforward. But there can be some of those sound clips where you can read between the lines. He seemed to be totally honest there. Now, it appears that Rodon likes it here in San Francisco. Now, granted, how much does he want to be on a contender? I mean, that's definitely going to factor into the free agent market. But... Farhan also said over the weekend, president of baseball operations, I know I'm saying a lot of he said, he said this, he said that, but that's really what I want to go want to go off of here. Farhan said that this offseason, anything is on the table and that they're going to be aggressive through free agency. Well, the first part of being aggressive here 
with Rodon, man, if you if there are reports out there, let's just say Rodon goes to another team and the outcome that we've all expected happens, where another team offers him, you know, like a like a five year deal that's worth more than that Gosman deal from last year that was up to one hundred ten million. Let's just say it's a five year deal. I don't know, somewhere in the realm of maybe 120, 130, right? Let's just say that. The Giants, if I've seen reports that the Giants didn't make much of an offer to keep Rodon here, I mean, that is going to be, you know, for lack of a better, strike number one for Farhan this offseason. Like, there needs to be, he needs to make a bevy of moves, they, they got to do something to improve their roster next season and compete within the National League West. You got to make some sort of big free agent signing. But with Carlos Rodon, it seems like look the taxes thing with athletes. I know we think that factors into it. I personally don't, especially when they're making as much money as they are. And I know the more money they make, the more they get taxed. I personally don't think it plays much of a factor into it uh, as much as we all think. I, that's just that's just me. I'm, I'm, uh, that's something I'm stubborn about. Uh, so, but it seems like he doesn't care too much about that. He just says, well, taxes are taxes. You have to deal with that. But he seems to like it here. He likes the coaching staff. I mean, I'm sure he likes his teammates. You have it. Everything is on the table for you to sign this guy to a long-term extension. And they absolutely need to. Like, if, if you're not willing to give him a five-year deal, okay, well, you know what? You better at least match or exceed that average amount he'd be making with another team that's willing to give him a five-year deal. If a team is going to give him a five-year, $30 million a year uh, contract, which probably is not going to happen, that might be a little too steep, but if a team is going to be paying him $30 million a year... You you better be trying to pay him thirty five. Now, granted, you know you can maybe you know get a little cheaper than that. Thirty million's a lot, but whatever the number is, if a team's going to offer him twenty five million a year, well, you better be offering him something north of that on average. Like Rodon, absolutely deserves to be here. He's done enough this season. He reached the two hundred strikeout threshold. Like everything. Carlos Rodon wants apparently here is in San Francisco. They just need to create a contending team. And if you're going out there with Rodon and Webb as your number one and your number two, I'm feeling okay about that. And maybe you sign another free agent pitcher on the market. There's there needs to be a lot of moves that are made, man. It might not be it might it might not uh, be able to be fixed within one off season. I mean, the struggles with the team it can't be fixed within one off season. But you could do a lot to make your team. Better. All right. On the other side, I want to get to some of this Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo stuff because I was out last week. I'll share my initial thoughts on that, and then we'll get to some reports because there were some reports out there that Trey Lance was, quote-unquote, a little annoyed when he heard about the Jimmy Garoppolo signing, coming back to the team, restructuring the contract. Was he, though? We'll get to that on the other side. Stephen Langford did on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. 
everybody. Stephen Langford with you. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. Hope you had a great holiday weekend. Hopefully you are trying to stay as cool as possible. Of course, 888-957-9570 is the Comcast business text line as well as the phone number. Uh, I'm I'm just I'm so excited for football season. Look, coming up at 5.50, going to get to my top five rookies to watch this season. These are going to be the ones that I'm keeping an eye on. As you know, before each season, normally the week leading up to it, I do a top five list. Tomorrow's going to be top five breakout candidates, guys who I think that could be star players. I mean, you could you could probably lump the rookies into that as well. But tomorrow, the top five breakouts. Then on uh, then on Thursday, going to do the top five. Don't be shocked if moments that could happen. This season, and then of course on Friday, just the full season breakdown, season preview, everything surrounding that. Uh, but what I'm loving is all the predictions that are coming out right now and all the reports that surface because Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, it's one of the biggest stories going on in the NFL right now. It's one of the biggest story, if not the biggest story in the NFL going on right now, other than a couple of different things. But Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance has taken up the conversation of not only this station, but a lot of the national media as well. Now, Albert Breer, who writes for Sports Illustrated for the Monday Morning Quarterback. Now, originally, this was a quote from his column that he wrote on Monday. Quote, and while I heard Lance was a little bit annoyed in the immediate aftermath, he's a smart, mature kid who I believe can handle it. Truth is, if he couldn't, you might have bigger questions about where the Niners are at, where the Niners are at the position. So he retracted that. He took that out of his column. I read it yesterday and I was like, where's this annoyed? Like I even did the control F you know, I did the keyword search at the website. I was like, I typed in annoyed. I was like, where did where did he say annoyed anywhere in this article? Well, turns out he retracted that article. Now, yesterday, we did have local programming for you, and we had Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal on. Now, Albert Breer joined Kruger and Lowe, and this is what he talked about. He clarified his comments when it came to the immediate aftermath uh, with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. From what I understand, Trey Lance is... You know, reaction, um, you know, I, I think it was pretty natural. I think it's complicated news for him to take. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons I use the word immediate aftermath is because I think in the, in the immediate aftermath, you're probably processing a lot of things um, when the idea that comes up. I think what was most important about it, and this is, just, this is my feeling on it, what was most important about it was that the Niners were up front with their guys about it, right? Like, and so... Um, you know, after discussing it with Jimmy, the idea of it, the concept of it with Jimmy, and making it clear to Jimmy, if we do this, Trey is going to be our starter, and then discussing it with Trey, and then going to the leadership council and informing them of what they're going to do, you know, I think they felt comfortable moving forward with it. So he said that it's just a natural reaction for Trey. Uh, the the reaction that he had in the immediate aftermath was just natural. Anything, I mean, I, I, look. As much as we think it wasn't a shock to the 49ers, I do think it was. I really do. It seemed like the talk started coming about a month, uh, a month, a month ago, where John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are thinking, "Look, no other team is signing Jimmy. I mean, we could probably have this guy as a backup quarterback." I really don't think they thought it was a possibility. And even to Trey, I think it might have been a shock. He loves Jimmy, so I don't think he has a problem with it. I don't think he was annoyed by any stretch, and that's why Breer had re- redacted that statement. Uh, but he did say that it was not easy news for Trey on Kruger and Lowe yesterday. Do I think it was easy news for Trey Lance to take? No, I don't think it was easy news for Trey Lance to take. I think it's you know something, if you're him, you ask a lot of questions about. you know. Um, but you know, I think in the end, because the Niners did get in front of it and were pretty clear in communicating to all the guys what the plan was here, I think they'll wind up being fine in the long run. Quite frankly, like where I'm at with this whole thing, I haven't really been on. I haven't been on this show. Was on the morning roast last week. So if you're listening to the roast, you've heard about me. You've heard you've heard me talk about this extensively. But where I'm at with it, after all this time, is of course I didn't expect them to sign Jimmy Garoppolo. Whenever someone asked me, do you think Jimmy's still going to be on this team in 2022? Well, 
they didn't add the caveat of, yeah, if he takes uh, if he takes damn near a twenty million dollar pay cut, yeah, then he's going to be on the team. Like you know, like I, I, they didn't add that. They didn't add that in their question. They decided to leave that part out because no one expected him to take that much of a cut on the contract. So of course I was shocked by the news, and in the end. I really don't think now we're going to we're going to make Garoppolo part of the conversation as we do within the media. Like it's just going to happen. I mean, it was already said last week that even if Trey struggles in week one, they're going to be thinking about going to Jimmy. I don't think that's going to be the case. Really, where I'm at right now with the whole Trey and Jimmy thing is I personally don't think they're going to make any sort of move until the bye week, at least. And when I'm hearing about or when I hear Jimmy last week speak and he talks about how oh you know it, it's just it's just I, I kind of had to be at the practice field uh we didn't think it was going to come out this way like the uncertainty around it but all he talked about really was his future like to me I don't even think Jimmy really cares about this season he's going to be professional you know but not once did I hear him say well, you know, I, I can't wait to be on this team and, you know, help us contribute to a Super Bowl. I don't even know if Jimmy thinks he's going to be here for a while. And then you th- you add on to it that they kept Brock Purdy as the third quarterback on this roster. Like, I don't think they'd be willing. If they love Trey Sermon so much, who they ended up waving, they signed an offensive lineman and, you know, they said that, you know, Trey Sermon had to go because of that. Well, we're not focusing on the quarterback position. I'm sure maybe they wanted to keep him on this roster, Brock Purdy, that is, because they were afraid that he would uh, that he wouldn't clear waivers and someone would assign him, which is probably true. But I just think there's a real chance here that we're not going to be discussing anything when it comes to Trey or Jimmy. I mean, we could be through the media, but I don't think that the Niners are going to be talking any sort of decision uh, switch. I don't think they're going to be doing any of that. I don't think so. Like, the more that I think about it, there are plenty of teams within the NFC that can contend, and even within the AFC as well, where if their star quarterback goes down, like, look at all the backup quarterbacks around the NFL. I'm sure that some team out there that can be contending for the playoffs by the November 1st deadline, I bet you they'd be willing to give up a pretty penny to get Garoppolo. Maybe even more than you traded originally to get him, which was just a 20, uh, the, which was just a second round pick in 2017. Like, I do think that there's a real chance that Jimmy's just not on this team after November 1st. And that all this talk about whether they should have made the switch, they, all, all of it, it's just gone. Now, on the other side, Peter King. Peter King, who I believe is going to be joining uh, Damon and Ratto today, is going to be joining them weekly throughout the NFL season. Uh, but Peter King had something interesting to say in his latest article, Football Morning in America, and he had a prediction for the 49ers. And I'm not going to go to the win-loss record and what he thinks of the playoffs, but he does think there is a certain week in which Jimmy Garoppolo will take over for Trey Lance. So we'll get to that on the other side, and then, of course, my top five rookies to watch out for this 2022-2023 season. We'll get to that on the other side. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Hope you had a terrific holiday weekend and hope you're staying cool from the, where was it here? From the 925 at the Comcast Business Text Line. Bro, my AC broke yesterday. Going on two hours of sleep. Got to grind it out like a pro. F this heat. I was in 111 yesterday. Where are you at, 925? So the 925 is in the South Bay, but 111, because I'm in the South Bay too. I'm over in Campbell. It was about 105, 106 yesterday. And that was all the way up until, you know, to five five or six in the evening. I know it was 111 over in Livermore. That's where a lot of my family is. So I knew it was over 110 up there. Where were you, in Livermore? Sheesh. Hope you can get your air conditioning working. My man. Two hours of sleep, though. Can relate. Know what you're talking about. Been there. 
<laughs> it's like this heat, man. There's nothing. There's nothing that can really prepare you for it. You know, they're just saying, yeah, you know, there's going to be an extreme heat wave coming through the Bay Area. You get those signs on the road that says, hey, make sure you turn off the AC from four to nine. And then, uh, I mean, just to, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some insight to, into my life. Uh, we just, we got an email over the weekend from the apartment complex saying that uh, there's going to be a water interruption today. So I, I think up until 4 o'clock, we're not going to have any water. I don't know if it just means hot water or water in general, but there's going to be a water interruption in our apartment complex. I'm like, what? From the 925. 925 is East Bay, dude. Is it? Is it okay? I apologize. Personally, I'm a 510 guy. I'm a 510 guy. Maybe I'm wrong. I got to get my area codes right. Look, I'm not ludicrous, 925, all right? Whew. 117 at 5 p.m. at the Nut Tree. Whoa. 117? Can't take it, man. Can't take it. I don't know how they do it in Arizona. I don't know how they do it in Vegas. I don't know how they do it. Man, the Bay Area is super expensive, but sheesh, we pay a lot for the weather. Whoo! Uh, but anyway, as we are continuing on, I am going to go through, and I was I was talking about these are my top five uh, rookies to watch for the 2022-2023 season. It's more like my top seven, really. Because I do want to add a 49er in there, and in one category, I actually got two players because they represent the same position. So, I don't know. I, I had to go back. It's it's more like top seven. So, that's coming up at 550. My top seven rookies to watch out for. Uh, but this Trey Lance season starts this weekend against the Chicago Bears. The Niners are laying seven against the Bears. And I'd lay the points with the Niners. Like, if you want to get my initial prediction, I'll just get my prediction out of the way for this game. I think the Niners are going to crush them. I understand you want to respect your opponent. You know, you don't want to count anybody out. It's any given Sunday. Well, let me be disrespectful for you. The Bears are going to be trashed this year. They're going to have one of the worst rosters, if not the worst roster, in the NFL. Okay? Like, Trey Lance... Trey Lance shouldn't even be a thought in this game. Like, he's going to be your quarterback, but I really think you're just going to gouge him with the run game. There is no run defense with Chicago. Like, if Kyle Shanahan, you're this running game guru, right? He's one of the best in the league. If you don't destroy the Bears, I'm not saying there's going to be something wrong, but you better destroy the Bears this weekend. Like, like that's that should happen. All right, I think that's what's going to happen. So I'd lay the seven. Man, I don't even have an official score prediction for you yet. You know, as I got to go through it and really try and try and do my research. But my initial prediction is the Niners are going to smoke them. I, I, I'm, I don't I don't care that Justin Fields has some vendetta against him. I don't know if anyone saw that, but one of their wide receivers, Darnell Mooney, was speaking to the media, and he said that Justin Fields still looks at them and think that they passed up on me. So he's got something to prove. Okay. This Bears roster is terrible. All right. This should be an easy win. As about, this should be an easy first two weeks. Bears roster, terrible. Seahawks roster, they don't have a quarterback. They're terrible. All right. I don't know what to expect from their run game either. I think the Niners are going to absolutely crush the Bears, as they should. As they should. So that's my initial prediction. Debo Samuel was back at practice, so that's a good sign. After suffering a contusion, a contusion in the back of the knee. Now, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I was looking on Twitter. So, you know, I know everything now. And uh, apparently the back of the knee could come from a hyperextension. Although, who knows? Who really knows what happened? But it was a back-of-the-knee contusion for Debo, and he is back at practice. So you should be all good there. Really, the key guy that you're going to be missing, as you're going to be missing him for the first four weeks, is, of course, Jimmy Ward. So I personally think that, again, I think that they need to absolutely crush him. But I don't think that there's going to be much conversation, as we were talking about it all last week, I don't think there's going to be much conversation surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I really think that he's going to come into play maybe by the time that the bye week comes around, prior to prior to the November 1st deadline. I think that's when we're going to start bringing him up. Like, 
we keep on predicating everything on if, right? Now, Peter King, who is, of course, a columnist, legendary columnist for the NFL, used to write for the Monday Morning Quarterback. Now he writes for NBC Sports. He does a Football Morning in America column every Monday. I highly recommend you check that out. There are quite a few Monday Morning columns to to, to sift through. You know, I like I like a lot of uh, I like a lot of writers on Mondays, and uh, Peter King always does an excellent job, and he's never afraid to make a prediction. And his latest prediction, Peter King's that is, and I believe he's going to be joining Damon and Ratto today. But he believes, and forget the whole Niners prediction and whether they go to the playoffs or not. He thinks the Niners are going to go ten and seven. That's what he wrote in his article, and thinks that they're going to win the tiebreaker over the Cowboys to squeak their way into the playoffs. Personally, I'm looking at the at the NFC, and I'm thinking if you can't be one of these teams that gets into the playoffs. Like you better be. I don't. I, if you have a bad offensive line, okay, but you have a quarterback who should be able to escape under pressure. So I, I, I think they'll be fine. But he also said that he believes that the Niners would replace Trey Lance with Jimmy Garoppolo before they face Kansas City. Quote. Now he doesn't. He does this. He does the subheading like. Uh, 10 things I think I think. 10 things I think I think. I'm going to write a new column. I'm going to start mine on Monday mornings, and one of my sub-headlines is going to be 10 things that I think I think I think I think. <laughs> but he does the 10 things I think I think. And here's what he said. Quote, I think I do not want to be a negative Nate here. I truly do not dislike the San Francisco agreement to bring back Jimmy Garoppolo. But but in the midst of all the kumbaya coming out of the, oh, it's great, we re-signed Jimmy Lovefest, I wonder one thing. This is a veteran team that went to battle with Jimmy Garoppolo late last season and saw him beat the Rams in Week 18, then watch him be the quarterback in winning playoff games at Dallas and Green Bay. How will George Kittle and Fred Warner and Eric Armstead and Debo Samuel, all good team guys, react privately if Trey Lance struggles the first month of the season? Will the Niners leadership council go to Kyle Shanahan and say, come on, we got to win these games? So that's not out of the realm of possibility. It's, it's, it's not. However, that is just about the worst case scenario, I think, for the 49ers. If Trey Lance is already struggling through the first six games and you decide you need to go to Jimmy instead, you're not even going to give him a longer leash than that. Then you got some, you got real problems. But also, like, I, I will say this if the Niners do end up losing some of those games, they've got very winnable games here. In the first six weeks, they got the Bears, the Seahawks, the Broncos, the Rams, the Panthers, and the Falcons leading up to the Chiefs. Okay? You should be going four and two based on your roster on paper compared to the other teams. Again, Bears, worst roster in the NFL. I I keep saying one of the worst. They do have the worst roster in the NFL. Seahawks, they are right behind them. They're trying to shore up that offensive line. Sure, they have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but after all, they don't have a run game. Geno Smith and Drew Locke, eh, don't care. And then the defense, of course, they got Jamal Adams. They got a couple of other players there on that defense too, but overall, not that great of a roster either. Panthers, not expected to be good. Falcons, they're also going to be terrible. Like, you're talking about four teams that are going to be... that are within, uh, you know, I'm going to say the bottom eight in terms of rosters, you better be going four and two. Now, I will say that it it is an interesting prediction for Peter King because if you don't go four and two against those teams, you have the roster that's stacked up. Your defense is going to be a top five defense in the NFL. I truly believe that this season. Like one of the the aspect that's going to make your team lose, the the guy that's going to make your team possibly lose those games is the quarterback. But in the end, I don't think he's going to struggle. A lot of it is based on if. If this happens, then this could happen. You know, by conditionals, right? If this happens, then this happens. It's all based on if. So 
I get where Peter King is coming from because those first six games are very winnable games, and quarterbacks can lose you some of those games. But I personally don't think Trey Lance is going to. I think he's going to be just fine. I mean, if you think that Jacoby Brissett with the Cleveland Browns can just, you know, hang on for 11 games with that roster until Deshaun Watson gets back, play mistake-free football, like, I think Trey Lance can at least do that in the first seven weeks of this season, in the first six weeks, rather. So I think they'll be just fine. I think where the interesting conversation is going to come up, though, is if Trey Lance does look good, through those first six games, and then you go on, you face the Chiefs, and you look competitive against the Chiefs and the Rams. You look like, I mean, because normally by those weeks, by weeks seven and eight, that's when you get a pretty good gauge on these teams. You can kind of tell who a team is really after the first four weeks of a season. You know, that's the prevailing thought. You know, whether you think that's true or not, I, you know, we, we could debate that if you want. I, I believe that. You can't really tell how good a team is until four weeks into the season, or at least you can't tell who they really are until four weeks into the season. But if you remain competitive against the Chiefs and the Rams, and Trey Lance looks good, but let's just say, and again, if, if another team that could be contending is struggling at their quarterback position, you know, like... I don't know, the Eagles, for example, whose roster is primed to make a playoff spot, and really the guy who can lose them games is going to be the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who, actually, to be honest, I don't think Jalen Hurts is that good. He's good for fantasy purposes, so that can fool a lot of people, but overall, Jalen Hurts, he's fine, but he's not going to take your team deep into the playoffs. He's not going to take them to the Super Bowl. At least, I don't think so. But you think the Eagles aren't going to be a team who's willing to give up whatever in order to acquire a quarterback who's done it before. Like, all the reasons I'm seeing for Jimmy to start over Trey, those are also reasons that I could see for Jimmy to start on other teams who have a quarterback that they're not so sure about. There are plenty of teams out there, and you never know what could happen in the first eight weeks. A starting quarterback could go down, and a team would have to make a snap decision, maybe have to mortgage a little bit of their future that they didn't want to. Like... Man, I really think that, like, I really think there's a chance that the discussion isn't so much should Jimmy Garoppolo start for the 49ers? It's is Jimmy Garoppolo going to start for another team? And do you think it's worth giving him up when you look like you have a contender here? Do you want to go into November, December, January games with Brock Purdy as the backup in case Trey goes down? I think that's going to be an interesting conversation. But again, that's not until really that Rams game. That Rams game is on, is on October 30th. So we've got a long season to get through. And I'll play one more just from Albert Breer. I played a lot from him earlier. With, uh, and of course, he was on with Kruger and Lowe yesterday as we had local programming on for your Labor Day holiday. But Albert Breer, who writes for Sports Illustrated, on with Kruger and Lowe, says that Jimmy does have value, but the injury did hurt him. I do think Jimmy's still got some value, you know, as a quarterback. And, you know, I, I, that, that's why I, I think it's important to emphasize what, that the shoulder injury really was what drove all this. And it's the reason why they weren't able to get any value back from him. I don't know if they would have hit their price, what the, you know, the, the price of two second round picks if Jimmy didn't have the shoulder surgery, if he didn't need the shoulder surgery. But I do think that they would have been able to get something good back for him if he hadn't been hurt. Mm. So, you know, that's that's absolutely true. But now, you know, the leverage could be with the 49ers now that they hold that guy as the backup quarterback for a very reasonable deal. Other teams are going to be willing to take on that $6.5 million base salary if they do end up trading him. The, the, the conversation with Jimmy Garoppolo isn't over, but I don't think it's going to be as prevalent with him coming in as the starting quarterback as everyone thinks. I, I just don't. We could talk about it, but overall, I think the Niners should go 4-2 leading up to that Chiefs game. That's what I think. From the 405, so Jimmy G will will Tua Jalen Hurts and win the Super Bowl? I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that if Jalen Hurts is struggling and the Eagles feel like they need to make a change, I wouldn't be shocked. That's just one team that I'm naming. You never know. You really never know.
with any of these other teams. You never know what can happen. So this is going to be fascinating uh, to talk about throughout the NFL season. But another thing that's going to be fascinating to talk about, and one thing that I love about the NFL, is the fact, unlike baseball, the fact that their rookies get called up right away and we get to see them play. So, normally I'd be doing top five lists, but there are so many to watch out for. I also wanted to appease some of the 49er fans because there is a rookie that I'm watching out for this year. My top seven rookies to watch for the 2022-2023 season. Here we go. Oh, man. I just can't wait for football. Can't wait for football. Can't wait for Bills Rams. We had some college football over the weekend. Not sure if anyone saw the ending to Florida State, but my goodness. I don't know if anyone watched Florida, Utah. That was insane. I watched a lot of Ohio State versus Notre Dame. Ohio State's defense, man. Like, I couldn't help but think with Nick Bosa being there. It's like, man, they have not changed. Then Georgia. Georgia doing what they did against Oregon. The fact that Georgia, like, a pretty much, I, I don't know how what percentage of their defense actually made it to the NFL, but it's a good chunk of them, yet it looks like they haven't missed a beat on defense. But college football in full swing right now, and the NFL underway on Thursday with Bills versus Rams, and I cannot wait. But the rookies that I'm most looking forward to watching this season and ones that I think can make an impact. Now, again, this is a top seven list. And really, this is two in one. But two rookies that I'm going to be watching out for are are Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. Malik Willis, third rounder out of Liberty, now is with the Tennessee Titans, made some waves in the preseason, although kind of like Trey Lance, didn't hit some of the layups that they want. Kenny Pickett, who's the quarterback for the Steelers, backup quarterback as of right now. Mitch Trubisky is the starter. But the reason that I'm putting these two up there is because I think if you pay attention to the Steelers and the Titans, their fan bases are going to be a lot like the 2021 49er fan base, where they got a veteran quarterback in there. Granted, it's not like these teams had traded two picks as well as, you know, the current first-round pick swap in order to acquire Trey Lance. So I know they hadn't mortgaged a, a, a lot, but I guarantee you fans are going to be clamoring for Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis, both of them, to start at some point for their respective teams. Malik Willis can make plays with his legs, maneuver away from the pocket. The Titans, I think they're going to be a depleted roster The Steel uh, and not have that great of a year. The Steelers, the same type of thing. They're going to be a great defense. Their offensive line, not that great. But really, I think they could make a change at quarterback if Mitch Trubisky doesn't perform. Now, Mitch Trubisky, he looks fantastic according to reports. So let's see what it looks like this season. But I think Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett are some to keep an eye on. Number six, Sam Womack for the 49ers. That is the guy that I'm choosing for the Niners. You could go with Drake Jackson. You could go with Danny Gray. You could go with Ty Davis-Price. Spencer Burford, the offensive lineman. That's another one that you could go with. But I feel like Samuel Womack has the biggest shoes to fill because he. it looks like he's going to be slotted into that nickel corner spot guarding whoever's in the slot. A lot of tough guys there uh, within the NFC West. I think the workload that Samuel Womack is gonna—I think he's gonna carry a heavier workload than a lot of these uh, than a lot of these other uh, than a lot of these other rookies. You know, Drake Jackson on the other side—he could win the starting job, but Samson Nebukam has that locked up. Spencer Furford is a starter, so actually he has a heavier workload to carry. But he's also an offensive lineman. You know, Samuel Womack is gonna be one where we're just gonna be putting a microscope on him within that defense. And I think he's going to show out. I really do. I like Samuel Womack uh, out of Toledo. All right. Number four. Excuse me. Number five. (laughs) Apologies. Damon Pierce. Damon Pierce, fourth rounder for the Houston Texans. You saw him in that last preseason game against the 49ers. Like, it looks like this guy is going to be a star on a team that isn't exactly full of stars with the Houston Texans. You're probably not going to see him too much because who really is going to be watching that many Texans games this year? I think that Damon Pierce can really be a breakout candidate this year as a star running back among uh, among rookies. I can't wait to watch him. He runs hard. Like you saw him getting those extra yards against the 49ers, and that's against a run defense that's going to be really tough this year. I don't care what they did in that third preseason game. 
You should be looking at Damon Pierce this year and thinking, ooh, I should draft him in my fantasy team if you haven't had your fantasy drafts yet. All right. Number four on this list, George Pickens. George Pickens, the second rounder. He's the guy who's paid attention to his TV. He has his head down. He has the mask on, and he's watching himself get drafted. Well, this dude, for the Steelers, as a wide receiver, like he's already made unbelievable toe-tap type of catches in the end zone, but it's also what he's been doing to quarterbacks right off the release, which is just pushing him over within five yards because you can do whatever within five yards. I mean, this dude just has manhandled quarterbacks that are trying to play press man on him. I think George Pickens is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback position, like I mentioned, with Mitch Trubisky and those types of guys. But uh, I think that George Pickens is going to be a fan favorite once we see his celebrations, the way that he talks to the media, how hard he plays. I can't wait to watch this dude. Actually, so I've I've totally gone off the list here. Seven was Malik Willis. Six was Kenny Pickett. Five was Samuel Womack. Four was Damon Pierce. Three was George Pickens. Number two, Chris Olave. Chris Olave out of Ohio State with the Saints. Michael Thomas, I don't know what to expect from him. You know, he came back and then he immediately got hurt. I don't know if he's going to set foot on the field. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But Jameis Winston, like this dude could sling it. And even with Kamara as a running back, we'll see what happens with the scores and whether they're going to be a heavy passing team. But Winston, he can create some time. And Olave, that dude can run all over the field. He's got speed. He's got hands. I can't wait to watch Chris Olave this season. He's probably the number one wide receiver that everybody's talking about uh, just because he's kind of the fan favorite over there in New Orleans. But I can't wait to watch Olave play. And the number one, pretty simple. Aiden Hutchinson from the Lions. If you've watched Hard Knocks, this dude's an absolute monster. He's been manhandling offensive linemen throughout this season. And, you know, with the number 97, you can't help but look at Nick Bosa and try to look at him as a comp. Although Nick Bosa's a lot bigger, a lot more muscular, uh, and has already proven himself in this league. It's just a number 97. You can't help but correlate the two. But Aiden Hutchinson looks like he's primed for a big year. And we all know what one good pass rusher can do for a defense. That could cause them to rush four, maybe not have to, you know, blitz as often as you want to. But I think Aiden Hutchinson is going to be fantastic to watch. So number seven, Malik Willis. Number six, Kenny Pickett. Number five, Sam Womack. Number four, Damon Pierce. Number three, George Pickett. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.